2020 caught a lot of us off guard. It really crushed some of us and knocked a lot of us off our feet and left us feeling pretty defeated. I think we're all pretty ready to charge forward into 2021. But if you want to take new ground this year, or even just stand your ground, you need support. Those of us who are crushed might need someone to help us heal. Those of us who are knocked off our feet might need someone to reach down and pick us up. Those of us who are feeling defeated might need someone to join the fight with us. And so for all of January, we are going to be preparing to brace ourselves as a church. We are going to have opportunities everywhere for you to get involved and put people around you. If you're a parent, we're launching a brand new parenting ministry called Growing Kids God's Way on Thursday nights. If you're married, we have Reengage kicking back off and foundation groups kicking back off. If you want to just get into a community group, we have a group league event coming up in January. And if you're looking for a starting point, it is exactly for you. Don't hesitate. Take a step and go to events.befearless.org to find out more information about all of those events and to register. Don't let 2021 be another year that catches you off guard. It's time to brace yourself. Are you spiritually strong? Or more importantly, is there anyone in your life right now that knows the answer to that question besides you? Community is one of the main pillars of Fearless Church. We believe that without other believers around you, you will never become a fearless follower of Jesus who changes the world. We need to have support of all different kinds all around us as we move forward in our pursuit of Jesus. This week, Chris Williams kicks off our Brace Yourself series in Ecclesiastes, making the case that fearless followers of Jesus live in biblical community, and then he gives us some pointers on how to find it. New Year's Eve 2020, my family is in the living room and we're ready. We're, we're all around the TV. And we're, we're not watching the ball drop this year. Instead, we're counting down as Luke Skywalker goes towards the Death Star, makes the final sh shots, and then at midnight, boom, the Death Star blows up. Episode 4, A New Hope, Star Wars. We decided this year, more than any other year, we needed to see the Death Star explode because we made it through 2020, right? So one of the, <laughs> you can applaud for that. And my boys had set it up so that the time would be just right. Right at midnight, the Death Star blows up. And, and honestly, like 2020, it was the longest year of my adult life. Like, you know, typically as an adult, every year seems to go faster. But 2020, I'm like, man, is it just April 1st, right? And it just kept dragging on all the challenges and the, the disunity, the frustration. All of a sudden, finally, it's over. And I noticed the only thing that changed was the numbers, <laughs> right? If you've watched the news this week, you see... Our country is still in an upheaval. There's all kinds of distress and disunity and fighting and all kinds of just, you're like, is that really going, like, is that a guy climbing on a wall into the Capitol? Like, what is going on? Don't know if you guys know this, but like in 2020, like it's now 21, racism hasn't ended. And, and if you look around, we're still wearing masks and COVID and now we're finding new things to argue about, like the vaccine. And so you think about it, it's 2021, and if I have advice for you, you better brace yourself. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to be 
doing this year, or maybe more importantly, who's going to be around you this year, as we kind of honestly, let's just be honest, we continue some of the challenges that we had in 2020, some of the, some of the rough parts, who's around you? This series really is asking that question, and more than that, it's making a statement. And this is the big idea for this entire series over the next four weeks, and it's this, that we all need community, every single one of us. We need people around us to support us when we're down. We need people to, to, to be part of being in our lives to help with the healing and to push us to be all that God has called you and I to be. We need community. You need community. Say, so why, why is it so important? And, and, and there's one word I think that's true of everybody in this room. I know it's true of me. When it comes to looking at 2021 and what might happen with work, what might happen with family, some of the transitions you've got going on, just in general, all that's going on is in your life and in my life, we both want success. I mean, think about it for a moment. When, when you consider your financial goals for this year, you have your version of success. I have my version of success. You may say, at the end of this year, I hope to have less debt than I had at the beginning of this year. Nobody says, boy, I hope this year, man, we really just get swamped. Like, bankruptcy would be great. <laughs> no, if you're saying that, you need to stop by the Connection Center. we got some counseling we'd like to talk with you, right? We all want less debt, more money. What about physically, right? For some of you, you've already made the goals. You've adjusted some things in your life. And you, honestly, 2021, you're, you're saying it. Even though you've said it before, you're like, this is the year. This is the year I'm going to get healthy. This is the year I'm going to get strong. This is the year I'm going to maybe stay healthy. Maybe last year was a good year for you physically. Maybe you stay strong this year. What about your marriage? What is success in there? Like, is it, is it maybe this year we finally take that trip we've been putting off? Is it we finally build in that date night? We finally have some success in our communication? What about parenting? What, what does that look like? What about in some of your friendships? This year, do you want friendships destroyed? No, you... you you're wanting success. Some of you, this is the year you're going to start your career. Maybe success for you is finding a job. Maybe success is keeping that job. Maybe changing a job. Maybe nobody knows about it, but you're, you're looking at some options and you're thinking, man, yeah, I want to be successful in changing my job, advancing in my job. Or maybe 2021, that's the year of retirement for you. And that's what success looks like. Or school, right? I mean, school, you're like, man, I, you know, this year I just want to pass. <laughs> that's success. Maybe make better grades, maybe graduate, right? I mean, what does, it, what does it look like? What does success look like for you this year? What does it look like with God? I mean, you're sitting in church, so yeah, some kind of goal. I mean, you came here today, and, and you're hoping maybe I say something that might be a little bit helpful or Maybe at least I don't bore you, whatever it is, but many of you, and I, I would argue, honestly, the majority of you, you're here because there's some kind of version of success, and you, you want to be successful in knowing a little bit more about who God is. Maybe for the first time in a long time. Or maybe this year, you're wanting to go a little bit, you might use this language, like a little bit deeper in your relationship, where you're more committed to him, where your life begins to actually look a little bit more like Jesus than it ever has before. Maybe you grab onto our mission as a church and you say no 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 i'm not there maybe you're like me i mean this is where i'm i'm not here but success with me would be another step in becoming a really truly a fearless follower of jesus who changes the world well let me tell you something when it comes to having success in this life when it comes to having success in 
your faith journey, you need community. And the reason you need community, and this is today's big idea, so if you're taking notes, write this down, is that their support is key to your success. Their support is key to your success. And this idea is pervasive throughout Scripture. But I want to look at just one spot, one guy's opinion. And he was one of the most famous kings in all of Israel's history. His name was Solomon. And King Solomon was actually known as the wisest man who ever lived. In fact, the, the, he was able to, and God used him to write three of the historical documents that, that make up what we call the Old Testament. There's 39 documents, and if you look in your Bible, or even if you look on a Bible app, you'll see the Old Testament and the New Testament. Three of the Old Testament books were written by this man named Solomon, and it comprises what scholars call the wisdom literature. And this is the wisdom that, that we need to see how the world works. Some of it's big stuff, like big philosophical. Some of it's just common sense stuff. And when it comes to the importance of people in your life and in my life, and the, the, the need we have, we all have been built and designed by God with this need to have other people in our life if we're going to be successful. I want you to look at what Solomon says in regards to that need and that support that we need. Listen how he starts off. This is kind of his big idea. Two people are way better off than one. So if you're the lone ranger and shining this, if it says you're way better off, why? Because they can help each other succeed. And remember, you're wanting to be successful. You're wanting success in your life. You're wanting success in your faith. That's why you're here. We're wanting to be successful. So why are two better than one? Another way to translate this phrase that I highlighted here is, is to have a good reward or a good result for their work or their labor. Because two people can do more than one person. In fact, this is kind of a weird thing, but when it comes to life, oftentimes two people will produce and be able to do more than the total of each one of them individually. It's called the law of synergy. When you and I use all our gifts, our experiences, our abilities, and we work together with other people, we can do more not only than what we could do by ourselves, but what each of us individually could do added together. There's this story of the Calgary Stampede. They have an annual rodeo. And one time there was a heavy horse pull, and then this heavy horse pull, the winner that year, they would take the horse and put on the cart all these weights, and that horse was able to pull some 9,000 pounds a certain amount of yards. Second place, pulled 8,000 pounds. And at the end, they reward the horses and their owners and all this kind of stuff. And, and then they say, hey, how about unofficially, we link them both up to the sled and we see how much weight they could pull. Well, logically, 9,000 plus 8,000 is 17,000. Some people got really nervous. They're like, math class, <laughs> right? So you would say, okay, so let's start with 17,000. They did it then 18,000, and then 20,000, past 25,000. They ended up pulling 30,000 pounds. It's the law of synergy because there's strength in numbers. Two are better than one because they can help each other succeed. So we ask Solomon, okay, so, so how? And he begins to list some things. The first thing he lists is very interesting. He says this. He says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Now, you may be sitting here today, and, and I'm a little bit this way, honestly. And, and I'm going to just talk about me for just a second. It is my own pride and arrogance that thinks, here's what my plan will be. I just, <laughs> I'm just not going to fall. Or I'm not going to fail. Like when I see the word succeed, I say, okay, I can figure it out. And I know that's prideful and arrogant, but I have this gut feeling I'm not the only one. You say, no, 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 it's okay. I don't need anybody in my life because I can, I can succeed without people. I'm my own man. 
I'm my own woman. I could do whatever I want. Like if I set my mind to it, I've got this history of how I did it in high school and college, how I've done it in my career. I've done it in sports. Like I don't need anybody in my life. I'm not gonna fall. I'm not gonna fail. But the Bible says all of us are gonna fall. All of us are gonna fail, not just in life, but in our faith journey. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, listen, listen. You are going to fail. You and I, even as committed followers of Jesus Christ, and if you've been following Jesus like more than a day, you know this is true. You're gonna say that you love Jesus. You're gonna do things that reveal and show that you love Jesus, but then you're gonna go off and you're gonna do things that are the exact opposite of what Jesus tells us to do and shows us how to live. You're gonna do what the Bible calls sin. In fact, one of the most awesome fearless followers of Jesus in the whole world. His name was the Apostle Paul. God used him to start churches all over the Middle Eastern region. He wrote 13 of the original 27 historical documents that make up the New Testament. The Apostle Paul says this about his own life. Listen to what he says. He says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. You ever been there before? He's got this desire. He goes on. He says, I want to do what's good, but I don't do it. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I end up doing it anyway. You feel that way? I mean, when you look at your life, when you think about last night, you're like, "Mm," like I want, and then he says this principle. He says, I discovered this principle of life. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. It's not a question of if you will fall or if you will fail in life, and more importantly, in faith and your faith journey. It's more of a question, if you'll allow me for a moment to replace a word in Solomon's quote, it's when. When one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Who's that person for you? Who's that person that really knows you and knows your life and is watching? Who's that person? Because if you and I don't have those people in our life, if we don't have their support, we're not gonna have success in our lives. And Solomon goes on and warns us. Listen to what he says. He says, look, someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, if there's anything that I know that it's true of our culture, the American culture, and let me go one step farther and say the American Christian church culture, those that are committed to being in church all the time, is that you and I struggle with this word right here, isolation. We're by ourselves. We're falling and we're failing alone. This addiction that wraps many of our hearts and minds and lives, we're fighting it all by ourselves. This cycle of sin that keeps coming up in our lives, we make it a week or two, but then it comes back up and we say that thing or do that thing, and we just find ourselves in such isolation. Let me, don't miss this. Isolation ultimately leads to impressive weakness. Let me describe what I mean. When we are far enough away from each other, we all look really good. Like if you get really, really, really far away from me, I look really tall, muscular, and and I'm just darn good looking. I mean, it's true. Now you may say, well, how far is that? I don't know. Different people would, you know, probably three feet. I don't know. It's far enough away. Thanks for laughing. But it's, right, you get far enough away. This is the allure of social media, all social media platforms, right? Because I can control what you know about me, what you see about me. When's the last time on Instagram you saw somebody just puking over the toilet? Great day. No, right? Life's looking pretty good. They're always having fun, eating good food. Nobody takes pictures of that one, the way your hamburger really shows up at the restaurant, right? No, they show up and it's like, 
their life and your life and my life, it looks all good because we can impress each other from a distance. But the problem is, as we isolate ourselves, spiritually we become weak. We become unhealthy. Not in a good place. Let me ask you something. And don't raise your hand. Don't even make a sound, please. But if, if you were to say right now, if I was just to ask you point blank, right now, today, January 10th, are you spiritually healthy? Are you spiritually strong? How would you answer? Maybe more importantly, who else knows that answer? Maybe more people than you think, but who else knows that answer that you've allowed into your life? Or are you impressing them from a great distance with the weakness that you have? When we isolate ourselves, we're going to be spiritually unhealthy. We're going to be weak. We're not going to be the men and women and the boys and girls that God desires for us to do because we isolate our, we need each other because each other is our support. And their support, other people's support, leads and is a key to your success. Solomon continues on and watch what he says. He says, likewise, two people lying close together keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Now, this makes sense physically, right? You're thinking, okay, body heat, that's right. Like if <laughs> some of you have even seen movies or watched documentaries or maybe you've been trained this way. If there's a, a chance of hypothermia or something like that, you get the body heat together to protect that person, right? So you're thinking, this makes sense. But it's also true spiritually. That spiritually, we keep each other hot. We keep each other on fire for the Lord focused on what is the most important thing. See, here's what's crazy. When it comes to following Jesus, the way that Jesus communicated to us through his word was, you know what? This following me thing is an all-in deal. There's no halfway. In fact, one of the last things we have recorded of Jesus saying in the book of Revelation, listen to how he says it. He says, I know all the stuff you do. I know how you live your life. That you're neither hot nor cold. You're, you're kind of halfway in this deal. He says, I wish that you were one or the other. Not on the fence. I wish you'd be all in or, or all out. Like no halfway. He says, but since you're lukewarm water, since you're neither hot or cold, since you're going halfway in this deal, I spit you out of my mouth. When it comes to following Jesus, there is no halfway. It is only all in. And here's the deal. The author of Hebrews said it this way. We've got to figure out how to motivate one another to acts of love, loving God and loving one another and loving our neighbors and good works. Not good works to earn salvation, but because good works to re, re show or reveal our salvation. He says, look, our job is to inspire, to motivate, to encourage one another. Who is in your life? Who is in my life? Who really knows you? And who's keeping you warm? Who's keeping you on fire? Who's helping you not be halfway, neither hot nor cold? Who's helping you be hot and to focus and to grow in your relationship with Christ? Who's motivating you? Tax of love and good works. Then Solomon continues and he places another warning. He says this, watch what he says. A person standing alone, a person doing this faith journey thing, this life thing alone and independent and I don't need anybody, they're gonna be attacked and defeated. Now listen, this is very, very important. The more you and I make a decision, and some of you are here today and you've made that decision. Some of you, I honestly believe this year, sometime you'll make the decision and you'll say, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of doing things my way. Like I've tried it enough and I'm tired. So I'm gonna begin to adjust my thinking, adjust my emotions, adjust my words, adjust my actions. I'm gonna begin to match my will and my way with God's will and God's way. So let me, let me warn you, some of you that are not followers of Jesus, this may be the reason you decide, hey, I'm out, I'm not following Jesus. 
Because here's the reality. The more you and I conform our will and our way to God's will and God's way, the more we will endure being attacked. In fact, this was what the Apostle Peter, the famous Apostle Peter, remember the one who denied Jesus and was restored by This Apostle Peter, he says to first century followers of Jesus, listen to what he says. He says, look, you better stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Who's your great enemy? The devil. And some of you, I know, you say, I don't believe in all this devil stuff, okay? But those of you that do, and those of you that believe what the Bible says, says, all right, watch out, because the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's a good hunter. He knows when to tempt you. It's not when you're strong. It's not when you're reading your Bible. It's not on a Sunday morning when you're with a bunch of believers lifting up your hand. Man, he gets you when you're stressed, when you're exhausted, doesn't he? He gets you when your patience is really low. He knows how to hunt, And what is he doing? He's looking for someone, that's you, that's me, to devour. Jesus says it this way, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy every part of your life. All your relationships, all your finances, even your physical health, like Satan wants to take you out. So we read stuff like this and we're like, okay, one thing we gotta, either we gotta believe the devil's not real and this is false and maybe some of you, that's how you're gonna walk out of here and feel comfortable. Or we look at this and, and we get scared and we say, oh man, I gotta, I gotta back down. I gotta, wa- I, boy, I better watch out. So what should we do? Peter, the very next sentence, watch what he says. He says, in light of this truth, we need to stand firm against him. We're fearless followers of Jesus. We don't back down from this attack. And he says, look, we gotta be strong in our faith. We gotta succeed and grow in our faith. We better be ready. And so Solomon's advice is, if you stand alone and you say, like you and I can do this morning, walk out here and say, thanks for the message, bro. I'm on my own. I got my own Bible. I can pray on my own. Those are all true things. I'm gonna do this thing on my own. I'm gonna do life on my own. I don't need anybody. Solomon says, if you do that, you just be ready because you're gonna be attacked and you will be defeated. But... But, he says, if you have the right support, watch what he says. If there's two people, they can stand what? Back to back and conquer. Who's got your back? Not not somebody in your immediate family lives under the same house. I'm talking about somebody that's fighting for your family, independent of your family. Somebody that's got your back as the enemy is trying to destroy those that live in your house. As the enemy is trying to destroy everything about your job and your career. As your enemy, the very real enemy, the devil is on attack. Who's got your back? He almost ends with an exclamation point. And wrapping this up, he says, look, three people... (laughs) Or even better. That's how great it is to have at least one person here. I think three people are better. Why? Because a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Why are three or more even better? Because there's strength in numbers. We are stronger than me. We are stronger than me. And this is so important. It's so important because their support is key to your success. So how do, we, how do we do this? All right, that's great. That's great. What, 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 how do we do this? What, what kind of support are we talking about? Is just anybody? Because everybody in this room has friends and extended family and neighbors and coworkers and fellow students. Like, what are, what are we talking about? What we're talking about, especially over the next few weeks, is this idea of not just any kind of community, but what we're calling biblical community. 
And if we're going to have that kind of support, then we've got to experience biblical community. The type of community, the type of relationships that we find within the pages of the New Testament. As we read how they related to one another and supported one another, these authentic, intentional relationships that we have with one another to succeed in life and faith, it's the people that we practice, the 59 one another commands in the New Testament. One another. Serve one another. Bear with one another. The weird thing is that's something we call community. You're part of line or in person or one. And we want to change that. You know, community group, simple definition. Look at this. Authentic relationships with each other. Who do you have right now? See, our goal here at Fearless Church is to help you experience biblical community so that you can find the people to care for and to support you so that you can be successful in life because we know this is true. Ready? I'm ready to not get you. It's not excellent if I would stand here and say that we're good at it. There's spots you can jump in there, but you're meeting people and you're learning. And here's the deal. It doesn't even take time to just find community. It takes time to establish it. We have learned that it takes about three years of the same group being together before there's enough trust built in that group where they're willing to confront one another, correct one another, and redirect one another. I mean, I'll be honest, it's the same with me. Like, I've got to spend enough time with you to be pretty darn convinced that you love Jesus and you love me before I'm going to respond positively to your correction and your redirection in my life. The group I'm in on Monday nights, we, we've been together a little over three months, and we do not yet experience biblical community. And that's, I know that, because it takes time. But this week, this is so funny, as I was preparing this message, I get this text Literally, Wednesday at my house, I'm praying, I'm studying, I'm trying to figure out how to say all this as clearly as possible. And I get this text from a guy in my group. He says, hey, Chris, I thought of you when I saw this post from a pastor. And here's what he said. This is the post. When we seek to be admired by everyone, then we will truly be known by no one. The gospel frees us to actively love our neighbors without any desire to be worshiped by them. Now, why would he send that to me? Because the guys in group with me know that I struggle with pleasing people. I want people to like me. In fact, one of my struggles in this task that I have as a part of my job in preaching and teaching is I want to teach in such a way that, that at the end of it, you like me. And that's not a good thing, right? Because I should be here with my number one goal that you would like and love and follow Jesus. And as we step toward community, they begin to see there's a crack in the door. As Chris opens up his life, we'll talk more about that next week, Maybe I can interject something. And I'm sure when that guy sent that text, he's saying, I wonder how this dude will respond when I just kind of share something I'm learning. I'm, you know, springboarding off of him being transparent, me being transparent, he was willing to say, you know what? Like, here's something I found about this struggle that you have. Who do you have in your life that's there that knows your struggles and are willing to get in there with you and willing to help direct you, correct you, redirect you, encourage you? Who is that person? That's going to take time. And finally, and this is the hardest one. This is the hardest one. This is where it makes or breaks, is you've got to make a commitment. You've got to make the commitment. You've got to make a commitment, first of all, 
to take the initiative. Like, this morning's message is so funny because I don't think it's that difficult to understand. In fact, there's probably a lot of people, maybe the majority of people, you say, yeah, I agree with that. You need people in your life. This message, the effectiveness of what I've shared with you this morning all comes out in just a few moments when we stand up and leave this place. What do we do with this message? Is that just one more message that maybe we stayed awake in? Like, is that success this morning? Or... Are we going to take the initiative? Are we going to make a commitment to take the initiative to do whatever it takes to find the support we need to be successful in faith and life? We've got to make a commitment to give it time. And that's tough. That's day after day, month after month. I shared with you a moment ago, it usually takes about three years before a group's together before they have enough trust established to really experience the kind of biblical community that we see in the New Testament. Are you willing to make that commitment? And then the, the hardest one, are you willing to make that kind of commitment? when the first set of conflict arises. In your group, like any group, what you're going to discover, and we found this 100% of the time, your group will be made up of people. If there's nobody in your group, you don't have a group, okay? You can't just say, well, it's me and the Holy Spirit too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Like God's people. So when you have people, people are broken, People are messed up. People say things and do things. There are going to be people that hurt you intentionally. There are going to be people that hurt you unintentionally. There's going to be conflict. And some of you right now, you're like, that's, that's me. I'm done. I want a group with no conflict. I'm sorry. We don't have those. How will you respond when there's conflict? Will you make a commitment to stay when it's not always fun? The first few weeks, sometimes the first few months of a group are a blast. You're laughing, you're loving. We call it the honeymoon period. Everything's great. But just like in marriage, every group's gonna have that moment where the honeymoon ends. And you say, wait a second. We do not fold the towels like that. <laughs> or whatever it is. Right? You know I'm gluten-free. Why would you bring that dessert? Right? It'll be some kind of conflict and you press in and you don't back away because if you run away, that's when you're going to miss one of the greatest opportunities to experience the biblical community that God desires for you. So what about you? How would your life look different if you believed that their support is key to your success? What would it be like to have somebody in your corner that's got your back and they prioritize your relationship with Jesus just as much as you do, or more. What would it look like to have somebody that's willing to fight for your marriage, not take your side? I was on the phone Thursday, and one of my buddies, one of my support system, he said, dude, I don't care what goes on in your marriage, I'm never gonna take your side. I'm fighting for you and Christelle. I'm fighting for your marriage. And that's been true in my entire relationship with this guy. And I praise God for that support, because I know I need that support if I'm ever gonna be a godly husband. I need that support around me if I'm ever going to be a godly father. If I'm ever going to be even a halfway good pastor, I need support. And you need support because it's key to our success. <laughs> what would it look like to have people that don't just politely say, oh, I'll pray for you, but instead they show up in the middle of the storm and pray with you? What would it look like to have those people in your life that know everything about you? Even the stuff we don't talk about at church. Even the right now real struggles and failures in life, and yet they still love and accept you and love you enough to confront you and correct you. What would it look like? What would it look like to have those foxhole friends in the battles of life with you? It's 2021. 
It's time to brace yourself and find your support so that you can have success in life and faith. Thanks for joining us on the Fearless Church Podcast. You can find the discussion questions from this sermon in our episode notes. We encourage you to find a friend or a family member to think through those with you or even just spend time thinking through them as you go about your day. We would love for you to become a part of the Fearless family and join us for a service. Information for our on-campus and online services can be found in the podcast notes or on our website at www.befearless.org. There you can also find our requirements for attendance due to COVID-19. We hope that you'll tune in again with us on the Fearless Church podcast.